Welcome to Living With, a podcast about the stories and people behind Health Union. Health Union integrates the power of human connection and technology, uniting people in the shared experiences of life with chronic health conditions. I'm Emily Downward. This episode is part of our series featuring the 2022 Social Health Award winners. The Social Health Awards recognize and celebrate those individuals who are essential to the ongoing conversations and connections made through social health. The Best Team Award celebrates and recognizes a team or group that takes their activism to new heights because of the assistance from one another. Our 2022 Team Award goes to the Fibromyalgia Care Society of America, and I'm here today speaking with Mildred Velez, who founded the FCSA in 2015. Welcome, Mildred. Hi, thank you so much for for having me here. We are really honored and excited about this award. We are so excited to have you. What does it mean to you to win the Best Team Award? For for me personally, it it means that more people will will learn about the life-changing work that we're doing in the fibromyalgia community. And hopefully, you know, join in on helping out and, and supporting our our mission to revolutionize fibromyalgia care. So let's go back. When did you start experiencing symptoms of fibromyalgia? So I started experiencing symptoms of fibromyalgia. It was in 2006. Um, at the time, I was working full time. I was also at um, in college full time. And I also was the full-time mom of three children. Um, Just a little busy. I had, I had a lot on my plate, and, and and when I started experiencing the symptoms, I you know I thought you know I'm just I'm just tired. I, I have a lot on my plate, and I thought you know once once school is over and I have less hectic days, my life will will go back to to being what it what it is. But that did not happen. Was it difficult for you to get a diagnosis? I actually got my diagnosis um, rather quickly, um, and and it's 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 interesting for me to say that because it was within a year, and you and and I know that when you're experiencing any type of chronic pain, you want answers, um, you know, in the moment. Um, you want this pain to go away. You want your life back. You want to know how to how to manage it. Um, but the average time frame for a person's to get a diagnosis could go anywhere from five to six years. And I was actually lucky to get a diagnosis within a year of symptoms. Yeah, I know a lot of times people have a long, a long time to wait. And what have you found that has helped you manage your symptoms? So I have tried everything. Um, I, I, I honestly, honestly believe that there is not one thing out there that I have um, not tried. I've tried um, everything. And today, what I will say, there's not, there still is not one thing that helps me manage fibromyalgia. It's, um, it's, I, what, what I refer to as my fibro toolkit. And I, um, some days, you know, meditation will help me. Other days, I do practice sound healing. So sometimes it will be me using sound healing. Other days, it's me going for a walk. Um, and some days, it's actually me going for a jog. Um, but, you know, it, it, it depends. It depends on what's going on. And I will go to, to one modality. And if that modality is not helping or doesn't seem to help, then I will go in my toolkit and, and pull out other modalities that can. 
I, I live with fibromyalgia, so I totally understand the idea of the toolkit. And to me, it's difficult sometimes to know which thing is going to work. Yes. And, yeah. and sometimes some might might not might make it worse, right? So it's like, it's tricky. It is. And it's interesting that you say that because I was, I was speaking to the participants of our program um, where we, you know, we normally, we on Tuesdays, we, we have these discussions of how our week went and, and things that, that we have used or modalities we have used to, to help us uh, manage symptoms. And on Saturday, I woke up, I, I told, I let them know that I woke up with, with back pain. And usually for me, you know, I stretch. And that morning they had yoga in the park. I love being in the park. And I'm like, I'm going to go do yoga in the park. I'm going to stretch these muscles and my muscles are going to be better. And I went to yoga in the park. And the first exercise that I did where I had to literally stretch my back did not feel good at all. So I listened to my body and I said, I don't think my body wants me to stretch it today. Um, I did everything else that I could for what wasn't, you know, what I wasn't able to do that day because I was, you know, not, my body wasn't feeling it. I sat there, I meditated, and then I came back home and I said, maybe my body just needs rest. And I rested, I gave myself a break. I said, it's Saturday, but I'm gonna just chill. Mm -hmm. And um, and by Sunday I was feeling better. But you do have to listen to your body and you have to know, you know, when is, is this, does this muscle want to be stretched or not? That and that's been such a process for me. I don't know about you, but I it's taken me a while to trust that listening to my own body or that own my own intuition over someone who's leading an exercise class or or a doctor telling you this is the thing you need to do. And it it took me a long time to be able to trust myself and be like, no, I this is what I need to do. And, and I think, and, and that's it. It's key that that's one of that's key in managing fibromyalgia is listening to our body and not, you know. And and sometimes we can't listen to the doctor, we can't listen to the physical therapist because I've also heard those stories as well through the work that we do, where they say, you know, I went to physical therapy and they pushed me, and now I'm, you know, I'm in a flare up for two weeks, or I went to gym class and the professor push me and now I'm in a flare up and it's like, no, we're, we're actually trying to get you to, to do things or listen to your body so that you have less days of pain and less days of, of flare ups. Yes. But your body knows that. Yes. So what led up to the development of the Fibromyalgia Care Society of America? Why did you decide to start it? Interesting story. Um, so I decided I wanted to bring the community together and I, you know, started seeing what was out there and I saw support groups and I saw advocacy um, and I saw research and then I saw that, you know, all the other um, chronic pain disorders or most of the other chronic pain disorders had had a walk and that would bring the community together. And I said, well, fibromyalgia needs a walk that brings the community together. And I decided I was going to do a walk for the fibromyalgia community and that I would organize it once a year. And that would be my contribution to, 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 to the fibromyalgia community. And I quickly learned from the stories that I heard that so much more was needed. Mm -hmm. um, and I kept coming back home and saying, you know, how do I fill this void? Where do I see myself in here? Because one day a year is good, but what happens the other 364 days a year when, when people are going back home and some people are isolating 
because of the pain or because of stigma or um or suffering from learned helplessness because the systems that they've gone through um haven't been helpful you know what what else can i do and i i looked at my background and i looked at what was needed in the community and what i saw was you know i've been in the social service field um all my life since 1997 and i said we need a social service program that actually helps the people you know, the research is great um, and advocacy is great, but who is actually caring and empathizing with the community and helping the community learn these these modalities that we just spoke about earlier? And that's where I saw a place for myself. And that's how the Fibromyalgia Care Society of America was birthed through an awareness walk. That's wonderful. So how is the FCSA helping people living with fibromyalgia now? So currently, um, we have several programs, but um, I want to speak about the program that I believe is making the most impact, and that is the Virtual Coordinated Care Program, where we currently have 17 participants um, in the state of New Jersey that um, receive services via um, via virtual services. So it's all from the comfort of their their home, although... um, we do have summer Fridays, but that was at their request. They wanted to meet in person. So we are meeting in person on Fridays. The program was actually designed to be all virtual. You don't have to leave your home and we're gonna bring everything to to you. Um, and through that program, participants are assigned a case management who helps them with external factors that may, may be contributing to stress or to their nervous system. Um, and, and then they also have um, different groups that they have that they attend where they learn the modalities. So we have a group where we just actually completed a group that that I run that's called Music Moves My Soul. And the it started as a music group and we thought I thought I was going to be dancing with the participants and moving through our emotions. And they wanted to learn how to play singing bowls. And you know, we quickly adapted. I taught myself how to play a singing bowl and and we all learn together, and um, that's one of the, the groups. But um, they have the Wellness Wednesdays where they learn how to properly stretch. We have nutrient cook- cooking chats where they learn what spices and foods they can use for inflammation and to and to um and to eat healthier and and manage fibro. Um, and I think that's the that's the program that's making the most impact. Um, we have at least out of, out of the 17, we have at least five people who are, who are now ready to, to graduate, which is, you know, to go on on their own and use the modalities, um, to manage, to manage fibromyalgia. And I say that that's, you know, that's the biggest impact that we're currently doing, but we do also provide, um, scholarships to people living with, with young people living with fibromyalgia. Um, we also provide emergency funding. And we did have a fresh food program that's currently on hold, not um, and mo- mostly because we don't have the funding for it, not because we don't want to continue to do it, but because we didn't, because of lack of funding, the um, fresh food program is on hold. But those are the services that we're currently providing. It sounds wonderful. I love I love how the, there's so many different modalities because, as we discussed, like it, you need to have a toolbox, you need to have multiple things to try on different days. Why do you feel like advocacy is important for fibromyalgia? Not enough people are listening. Mm-hmm. And I feel that the, the more 
advocacy that we do, we bring more people in and numbers matter to the people who can really enact change, um, especially with everything that is needed in the fibromyalgia community. So even more so, I feel that advocacy is in, important because fibro has been around for since the 1800s. I think it can be traced back to the 1800s when they first, when a doctor first spoke about tender points. And here we are in 2022 and, and people still don't, you know, know what causes fibromyalgia. We, we believe that the root causes is trauma. Um, we know that there are modalities that can help manage it, but there's not really a cure. Um, and, and people are suffering. People are isolated. People are angry and we understand that 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 anger because that's a secondary emotion to fear and sadness and that fear and sadness that comes from your life changing overnight um and i feel like all those issues are need to be elevated and the way they get elevated is through advocacy and through organizing the community absolutely if there was one thing that you wish you had known at the beginning of your journey that you could share with someone who's just starting out now, what would that be? I will say I did, I did, I did learn this not early in my journey, but I did learn it. And I think that it was, it was key to helping me and it is to keep a pain journal, keep a journal of your symptoms, keep a daily log of, of what, what is going on in your life and then go back and study it. And based on that journal, you will be able or you should be able to identify patterns that may be triggering pain, that may be triggering fatigue, and that may be triggering the cognitive impairment that is usually associated with fibro. So I think that, you know, that I wish I would have learned that sooner. And I give that advice to every person that I meet. It's like start tracking today, you know, everything that happens and, and then look back at it, study it look back at it, you, you will, you will see what you need to eliminate in your life. Well, it has been such a pleasure to talk to you. And congratulations again on the team award. Thank you so much for all that you're doing for, for people with fibromyalgia. Thank you, Emily. You can find the Fibromyalgia Care Society of America at FibroCares on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter. And you can find Mildred, Millie, on social media at MillieVillas4, and that's Millie with a Y. Health Union is the leader in social health, with 41 condition-specific online communities and the Social Health Network, which encompasses more than 100,000 patient leaders covering nearly every health condition. You can learn more at health-union.com. Thank you for listening to Living With. I'm Emily Downward.